0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the A's and D's podcast, I hope you're all well. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Ugandan traditions, superstitions and taboos. Um, Growing up, we heard a few things that we didn't quite understand, and um, I just wanted to ask everyone in the room whether they still believe in superstitions.
1: I don't consider myself very, very superstitious. I feel like superstitions are things that I've adopted from friends, which sounds bizarre, but it's like a friend would be panicking about not breaking a mirror Mm. and then that makes me kind of think oh is this maybe this there's some sort of fact to this and then i just adopt it this mainly happened throughout university i had a friend who never stepped on the cracks of pavements so then she'd (laughs) always grab me like if i ever stepped on the the cracks of pavements. so then i started adopting the behavior for three years i was there and i kind of just continued in this way through life like It's not like I'm actually panicking. They've just become random habits. Yeah, that I, I can get track that. back to a specific person, but yeah. if someone asked me, "Am I superstitious?" I think I'd probably say no. I think- but I, uh, I do act on superstitions that I've adopted from other people.
2: Yeah, I think I feel the same way. I'm not necessarily superstitious, but there are some things that I have had, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, I don't want to jinx myself," so I will try not to do it. Um, the thing about the cracks though, let's go back to that. <laughs> so, what you just didn't, <laughs> there's so many cracks in the road. How could you? In the you...
1: pavement, so it's like a square pavement. There's so walk, many walk cracks Oh my god, just walk in the middle. Oh my god. In the
2: middle. You... Wow, that okay. means you have
3: to watch every single step you take. That's a lot of energy. Yeah. You're gonna end up
2: hurting yourself because you're looking down and not looking
3: at Yeah,
1: and she also had a thing where she'd never walk across three drain pipes. Yeah, I know. So, one. I would well, avoid what? three drain pipes, I could walk across two.
3: Four, but not three. Ooh, well, three is the yeah. magic number. What yeah, happens when you do three? Really
1: not, <laughs> yeah, I don't see. I'm lucky number according to her. Oh
2: my but, god! Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not superstitious, but things, for example, like walking under scaffolding. I, I still walk under it. I'm like, let's see what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> on the edge, tempting fate. <laughs> but I'm actually worried about the scaffolding falling falling on me so i guess that's where maybe superstitions come from they're just ways to stop you from doing certain things right um but i don't really see uh, let me tempt fate so what's gonna happen
0: um i don't really believe in superstitions because what i've found is that the bad ones are the ones that come true. So why do the good ones not? Is right? there any good superstitions?
3: The... Good but, the, but the
0: the one about, well, a Ugandan one, I think. Um, the one about where if your right hand itches, you're going to get money. And if your mm. left hand itches and when my right hand i don't get any money i get Not money <laughs> I, I don't i always find money. that i'm losing the money when my left yeah. hand itches <laughs> yeah so that's why i don't find it i don't believe in superstition i've never heard of
1: that one
0: actually no that's
2: new to me. no I, I only heard of the money thing from uganda and um, because it's the thing that people say but i've never gotten any money i have always lost money though so i don't know why the superstition is choosing For me i'd like to get the money too, not (laughs) lose it and also there's another one where your right and left eye twitch you know just above the eye or below your eye if they start twitching, then it means if your left eye twitches you're going to cry if your right eye twitches then you're going to be really happy um my eyes twitch a lot um whenever it's the left one i always end up crying for whatever reason it always happens and i don't know if That's because I actually believe it's so strong that this is going to happen. And I don't understand why
3: i believe it's so strong speaking of the eye twitching um so the other day my eye was twitching for like a whole week i was like to Donna, my <laughs> eyes like my eyes twitching am i gonna cry it's like is it the bottom one i was like yeah it's like yeah you're definitely gonna cry and then two days later i was still twitching as i tell like, should i just force myself to cry <laughs> guys <laughs> it it's not the that.
2: same it's not the same thing you actually genuinely will cry real tears just give it time it will happen
3: honestly it happens it actually didn't happen like yeah. after like another two days it just stopped yeah i'm pretty so. sure there's like scientific evidence as to why our eyes twitch
0: um being tired That is that's the, <laughs> <It's> science. <not> <laughs> the <laughs> science behind it it's the only timing.
3: science behind it literally yeah, Watching too much tv looking at the screen that yeah, sort of thing be. that's that probably your actually. eyes just need a bit of a rest yeah so, and also um, you guys you... are out here fake crying
1: <laughs> as yeah. a response
2: because you don't want something bad to... you don't want to cry because of Something bad having happened, so I guess if you force it, then
1: Mm.
2: how will that stop the bad thing? I don't know, man. (laughs) That's
1: the thing about superstitions. Like you adopt the habits just out of the fear that something could happen, even Mm -hmm. if it's something positive. Like, oh, my hands itching. I might get money, so let me take this very seriously. I
3: don't know. Um, I don't know if this is a superstition or it falls under another, maybe the category of taboos. But um, there's one that I had that if you dream, I don't know if it's just dreams actually. But if you dream eating meat, apparently that someone's going to die. And um, <laughs> what? And, <laughs> yes, it's basically meant to symbolize like the flesh and stuff like that. Um, but I'm like, why am I eating the flesh? That's a bit weird. A bit kind time for you to become a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, no, I had that. And every single time I have a dream about eating meat, and usually it's like with my whole family around me. <laughs> okay no there's one that my
2: mom um told me where um i i don't know if this is a uganda superstition i definitely don't think it's a british one or a western one but apparently when you have a wild mushroom grow in your garden out of the blue then that means that somebody in the family is going to pass away now the other day i saw a wild mushroom in our garden <laughs> and you um, kind of go through the list of all your family members you're like oh my god what situation sick. are they in who is sick and i went through that and i was like this is actually quite ridiculous but if someone did pass away because of this bloody mushroom <laughs>
1: what do you do <laughs> what I'm, un- I'm trying to understand it as if that superstition's from uganda were mushrooms rare or common like
2: i don't know but they shouldn't <laughs> just grow randomly in your gut like why is a mushroom growing
1: (laughs) it is a bit strange especially if you have like a
0: strawberry garden and then you suddenly have a mushroom mushroom from where how um i just
2: think it's a fungus Yeah, it's (laughs) It's (laughs) it's just growing but like my mom has installed that in my head so deep that whenever i see a mushroom in our front yard or in the garden i'm actually thinking about what like situation in terms of health my family members are in in case someone suddenly passes away do we ever wonder
3: do we ever wonder where these sort of like um superstitions come from do people just sort of does someone just make them up and then everybody just goes
4: along with it or is there some sort of deep sort of rooted um meaning i think something happens and then people attribute it to those things so like somebody dies out of the blue um and then they're like actually this did happen there was a random mushroom <laughs> <laughs> and that story is connected because instead of acknowledging the death they're picking out the mushroom I and mean, yeah. that keeps going down and down and down in history till it becomes almost like a fact so yeah, the mushroom... so they... because you forget about how is the mushroom causing the death did they eat it
2: the mus- no no they didn't eat it they're,
1: they're factual connection. There's, yeah but it becomes a cautionary tale and i guess if i had to pick to be cautious or not. I I get why people follow superstitions because I'd rather be cautious just in case than be like, nah, forget about it. And then a mushroom comes in your garden and-
4: Yeah, speaking of mushrooms. (laughs) But guys, it's kind of out of your hands. Do you not think like, there are a few things you can do, you know, the drains and (laughs) walking under scaffolding to save yourself, but the hand itching, the mushrooms. The point is you can't change those things. So it like, it does just cause anxiety in- different places it really like you can't change you really
1: can't but sometimes you are given comfort of the fact of whatever that superstition is yeah it makes you feel like something. but how comfort, is even if you have no real control
2: <laughs> how is me thinking that somebody is going to die in the family giving me okay. thank, thank you, you. that's Sorry. what i'm trying to say that's also so what good? happens if
1: I, I, you it's... clean your garden make sure there's no fungus how about <laughs> no, that
3: i see Everyone what, what <laughs> miss now <Nelkenge> is saying <laughs> like the palm twitching like especially if it's the right it gives me comfort i'm like. Oh, I'm coming into some money, <laughs> no but way. there's no money coming in. <laughs> if you the know?
2: money doesn't like come? The, like, yeah. <laughs> the joke is, if the money doesn't show up, I go about my life. Like, oh, anyhow, okay. But when I lose the money, I'm always gonna believe that. Like, why, why, why do I believe the negative so strongly? But the positive, I'm just like, eh, maybe it will happen. Could
3: it be because um, just going back to the prompt tweeting again? Could it be because um. Maybe you're expecting a certain amount of money for, like, that you want to come in. And if you get, like, a pound, that is still money coming in that you weren't mm. expecting. I don't even get I don't know confused. if it's worth the itch for a pound. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I guess it's just a lot easier to believe, well, to attribute superstition to the negative stuff. Because it's much easier to blame losing money on your itching hand than it is to blame it on yourself. Mm. It's, like, comforting, if anything um i would say i don't really believe in superstitions kind of for this reason but also i wouldn't risk it so if there are drains and there's three
1: i avoid it because
4: if i've got time to avoid it i'll avoid it (laughs) why wish something on me kind of thing but yeah i do understand why people believe in them
1: yeah i'd have to agree with you there Ida. serves as a good coping mechanism for um life's more difficult events
3: um I think I pick and choose which superstitions to believe in Um, for example the palm twitching I believe in that because obviously I want money but I also don't want to lose money <laughs> and um, the eye twitching as well I'll believe in that but um, things like the scaffolding, folding I'll just go under it <laughs> and um, I've like others are sort of like imposed on me so basically I was in charge and um, I had red lipstick on and um, I went to top to top it up and um someone looked at me and they gave me like a really dialogue look because i was putting on i was topping out my red lipstick and i don't know if that's a superstition or something or was it just me doing something wrong and they were telling me not to do that but i didn't really see why why what I did wrong really. Did you do it while it was a service going on or? <laughs> Yeah you were in church Definitely <laughs> not it was after whilst I was waiting for my food I've know.
4: had that same thing actually In church I don't think it was lip gloss um, <laughs> But uh, then I got told actually That you shouldn't do it during church Because it's like uh, it's Something like you're a prostitute was almost like you're yeah. trying to glam up But it's like actually my lips are dry
2: Yeah the thing is though that in Ugandan culture um, At least back in the day Red was always associated with being a prostitute I'm, I'm not so sure why. the. Car, I guess car, red, does it scream it's dangerous, it's, so prostitutes are dangerous? Or maybe it's interesting. That, I think here, even
1: in the... in the British culture, Western culture, not British, they see red as like synonymous to sex. It's a. Mm. It's like an intensely lustful colour, like Valentine's Day. We're mm. surrounded by red, red, mm-hmm. red, red, red. And it's all about just being like, it's about love, but it's also sexy. Um. So I think any woman being overly sexualized or showing themselves to have any sexual energy, i.e. putting on your red mm. lipstick to glam up, uh, maybe that yeah. that's threatening or weird or... <laughs>
4: but it's was... a bit... It's a bit ridiculous when you think about it, though. It just serves to the idea that people have to look like they haven't tried to look nice. Because you're allowed to wear red lipstick to church, it's just you can't be seen to be putting it on. Do you see what I mean? Like, that, that confuses me. It's like, you're meant to look like you just look like that.
3: You can't have top-ups, basically. Put yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your one layer on. Also, guys, I just had an eye twitch up, so who knows?
2: Oh! <laughs> I kid you not, it just happened a second ago. Mm. Um, But yeah, I, I have something that I want to say, but I'm not actually sure if it is a uh, superstition. It definitely is not, actually. It's just an experience <laughs> that happened, and I thought this is actually quite bizarre, and I don't know how we got there. But basically, when we were young, I think I was about 10 years old, um just me uh cooler rocks and daffin um you know back home we're just sitting out it's a clear night sky looking up at the stars you know as you do because you're gonna have stars um and then this lady comes out of nowhere and she's um holding finet finet is jackfruit um and she's like oh do you want <laughs> do you want that you know 10 year old me and my little sisters we're just like yeah give us some you know we love finet why not um, so we eat, mm, have a good time. She obviously leaves. We don't know who this lady is. She lives. She goes about her way. And when my uh, older cousins come back who are looking after us, you know, we told them how, you know, this nice lady came, give us some finae, we ate, da, da, da. And my <laughs> my older cousin's like, why would you do that? Like, you're going to die tonight. What?
1: Like, oh, yeah, I <laughs> uh, For the vegans out there, it <laughs> makes me really worried about jackfruit. Um,
2: jackfruit is vegan. It's a fruit.
1: <laughs> Wait that's your point yeah (laughs) it's gonna kill the vegans yes that is my exact point
2: no but she kept saying you're gonna die tonight like how could you eat like food from strangers um but you know i'm 10 years old and someone just offered me a fruit that i love i'm gonna take it i think she
3: was more worried about maybe it was poisoned and this lady out of nowhere just Came and gave it to us and we just ate it without even thinking twice about it so literally like the whole night i actually prayed oh, i was like god please I'm <laughs> not. imagine been... like i'm so young and i'm so scared i literally thought i was not going to wake up the next day I, she installed it in
2: my brain so hard i can still feel how i felt i was so scared i was like oh my god why do we eat this poison fruit um we're all gonna die tonight i was scared to go to bed <laughs> so
0: intense um I just went. Just... I just went to the toilet. Tried to, you know, to take it out. <laughs> oh my god, guys! That <laughs> that is so is that yeah, but I think that more of the story
2: was that don't take food from strangers. That's what she was trying to tell us. But my god,
4: she was doing a great job as an auntie, guys. I actually back her because strangers are bad. You needed that lesson.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys were chomping course. up
4: like what.
3: It, imagine mm. someone giving you free money. Would you say that's a, that's yes? A yes. I, would I, would I would question take it, money. question it, but you would still take it. They might it,
2: give it you know? to you, then I'd be kidnap like, What you. do I have
4: to do <laughs> to get this money in my yeah? adult
2: age? I will take the money. I'd be like, give, <laughs> give it to me, let's see what happens. Nothing happened to us, obviously, but I couldn't tell you why this Duh. one was definitely <laughs> <would say>, like... <laughs> They're alive. <laughs> I'm saying we didn't get sick, nothing happened. We just went about our lives, but um. I didn't know why this woman offered us that finet but we ate it, and yeah.
0: When she might have just thought you sleep? were
4: cute.
2: Maybe. We were just outside just minding our business. She came out
3: of the bush. She could she... have
0: been anybody, honestly. And it, and it was dark, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, was, was night time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe she thought night we going have been fed for a while. <laughs> so Night dancer. <laughs> but yeah I think superstitions are sort of like a way to sort of keep the community and other people in check definitely and um, make sure that you're not doing things that you shouldn't be doing
4: yeah I completely agree with you on that I think with a lot of superstitions um they're more about the ideology of the people at the time so like not wearing red lipstick in church or being seen to care about your image I think that's just you know again like rooted in a bit of sexism you shouldn't be trying to look nice all the time who are you trying to impress mm. and like I've got a similar thing like I was always told when I was younger not to whist- whistle even though I really like whistling and I actually think <laughs> I'm quite good guys <laughs> give us a, give us a <laughs> my career was stunted <laughs> actually,
1: because
4: I was told that like actually women don't whistle it's an unnatural thing and you shouldn't whistle unless you're a farmer because farmers whistle to their cattle so if you're doing it People will look at you like, are you a farmer? First of all, are you a man? And are you a farmer? I know and I was you to become that a like farmer, so you seven, could whistle. I want to say yes, I am. But <laughs> <laughs> don't think that really works. Perhaps,
3: perhaps they're thinking um, they're thinking that maybe you're whistling, you're calling other people cattle. So
4: you're <laughs> That's why you're whistling. But Jeremy. why can guys call people cattle?
1: also if you think about the act of whistling as well I feel like that's also rooted in a lot of sexism because it's a form of catcalling isn't it if someone finds you attractive they whistle at you as a female but maybe it's seen as a bizarre act for the female to whistle because they should be being whistled at when I look at it from um, how men use it
0: yeah so some other things that we've heard um, from the Ugandan culture mainly from the older generation is that they believe like having mental health or autism or epilepsy all these groups of um disorders um are basically something basically they uh, people would call it juju or black magic or voodoo you know whatever you want to call it but they think that that's where it kind of derived from the fact that your family is being um cursed and then um someone in your family or whatever has mental health because of that so I don't, I don't know where that comes from. I, I don't know why that's the explanation and science just doesn't mm. seem to make sense. Like I was having a conversation with my colleague about this and I was like, I don't understand why this thing is a real thing and why people believe in it
1: mm. because I
0: don't get it. For me, it's very clear. Um, yeah. I can explain it through science. Um, there's no way you can tell me that black magic or whatever has made someone mentally unwell. Um, like, magic, to me, anyways, doesn't exist, so...
1: Yeah. yeah. I I feel like, um, historically, uh, I can understand why, if you don't have access to the science you're quoting now, you would think this is just peculiar. Like, um, someone maybe with a mental health issue or a learning difficulty that you, you know, the majority, the other 90% don't have, and you, you don't have the science to explain that. You go kind of too... I guess witchcraft or something just like unfamiliar to try and almost diagnose this person because they don't make sense in your world. Um, And I can see why, like when I think of my grandmother in the village trying to work out why someone is maybe (laughs) schizophrenic or speaking to themselves that they might be like, Mm. look, you might be possessed because they don't really have access to to that kind of medicine and science to diagnose them themselves. Um, It doesn't make sense in the modern sense. But if we look back, even in West, Western culture, people had a lot of superstitions about mental health and learning difficulties before they saw the sciences that we now see. So.
0: But the I, thing is, um, even now, I'd still find that the older generation still return to that explanation of mm. mental health. Um, they're here, they're in the Western world, they're educated. Why is it so like stemmed in their mind that this is this is what's happened? Um, this person had maybe did something bad to someone and then that person visited like a witchcraft person <laughs> and suddenly, oh, you know, they suddenly cursed, yeah.
4: The thing is, so I do think it's the same. Um, I think it's just that these stories were used an explanation before they had the science. And even now that, you know, all the scientific explanations are there, all the medicine is there, um, people aren't that quick to accept that if hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years back, you've believed this version of um, reality, your own reality, it's really difficult to switch. And for someone to say, actually, um, there's cells in your brain that, you know, create this. (laughs) I think that's really hard to accept in the same way. Like, not that it's the same, but you know, the stories that found a lot of religions go back hundreds of years. And people might say now, no, it was like, you know, there's a big bang theory and that's scientific evidence of this. People still don't accept those. I'm not. They're not the same, but I'm just trying to explain that a story that's gone on for thousands of years, mm. I don't think it's that crazy to understand why they would hold on to that story. And somebody might have said that they've experienced it or seen a witch, you know. Mm. So I think for them, it's like, this is my fact. Mm.
0: But then it makes it difficult for people to get help in uganda anyways i'm not too sure how it's like in other countries um it makes it difficult because they're expecting this witch to suddenly uncurse them and it's it's not gonna happen i'm afraid
2: yeah i think once you're bewitched you're bewitched (laughs) (laughs) That that is not funny but i was just while you guys were talking i was just thinking about also modern medicine now is expensive maybe people don't even have the um the means or the the money to be able to afford you getting a scan you know for for your brain so it's easier to rely on what they know from the past. Um, someone who's in, who lives in a village, they're really poor. They have nothing, and you're telling them to go into a hospital to get a CT scan. What? No. Um, they they don't have the money. They don't have the means to travel to a hospital. So it might be easier and easier comfort to say, "Oh, do you know what? Um, this person's talking to ghosts." Nice and easy con- explanation. And if you're not dying today, what? What's the harm?
4: It is a tragedy <laughs> though, yeah, that cause is, that thousands of people probably die based on that logic but yeah
1: there's nothing I'm thinking of things like learning disabilities where it's actually like all you have to do is adapt a little or change how you approach learning with this person or speaking to this person um I just think yeah it's it's a horrible shame Mm. because if they just learn a few things like that this isn't even about a ct scan and it's free Mm. exactly uh,
3: um I don't think it's just mental um sort of mental health I think it's also um other habits like um drinking like if you're an alcoholic and stuff like that, instead of sending you to like a rehab, they're so quick to just say, Oh, you'll get over it, they'll stop drinking by themselves mm. or um we don't have the resources to sort of pay for that sort of um to afford that expense and um, they'll just leave the person there. When really and truly if they had taken them to rehab that could be just the thing they need to yeah. sort of like heal and um Yeah and I guess
2: in result of that, like you know, prolonged drinking i'm not claiming to be a doctor or a scientist i, I i'm just based on i think what i've seen prolonged drinking would then lead you down to um exhibit some mental health um what's the word mental health habits mm-hmm. um and then it just i guess it progresses and progresses over time if it's left unchecked but i feel like um where we come from in Uganda, they this is not something that they talk about openly, and I'm not so sure why these conversations are not heard, um, or these conversations uh, are not important enough, and you know to rely on what you know from the past that's not actually accurate. Um, and yeah. to
0: add on to what Kula said, um, it's not just mental health, you know, epilepsy or autism. Um, like the older generation believe, they can believe that your family has been cursed when it comes to like things like simple as marriage oh you know your kids are not married
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they
0: think that there's some type of curse like like you have kids but with the marriage thing it's like it runs in the family or something or someone has bewitched yeah um that that's certain with, people. with that
3: scenario it could be that we, you're just waiting for the right man
0: yeah, we know that, but do they?
4: <laughs> it's like all the negative trends in a family or an individual mm. get, you know, that is the there is a result of some sort of bewitching mm. which is like
2: yeah, generational curses. Your grandmother somewhere down the line, your great 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 grandmother must have done something. So this
3: is the result. To someone's mind. <laughs> <laughs> good on her at least that means it's not my fault because I'm, I'm like yeah my great grandma
4: yeah but you're getting punished
2: that's why i'm her. single yeah but you're, it's not getting, my bad. Yeah, you're getting the punishment and then everyone's like yeah that family's cursed nobody's married
3: it's quite sad that um people still have this sort of um mentality and not really addressing the actual sort of issues at hand but it but it may be that um there's other things that they feel they need to sort of um there's other struggles that they need to put their focus on and they don't feel that this is one of them i guess also it depends on statistics
2: how many people have mental health and how many people are willing to accept that is actually a mental health issue that you know my family member had suffers from autism or epilepsy like especially epilepsy it's like wow when you obviously have a fit it's considered considered uh, absolute like you are definitely cursed like how could you have a fit? where's that where does that come from it, it's um it's quite puzzling yeah. it's really
4: difficult to get figures though if people aren't being diagnosed that's mm-hmm. the thing yeah, that's i think I'm it's saying, very yeah. prevalent in humans to have like mental health issues mm. um or autism like we there's just across the globe so it's just everyone's undocumented with these things which is mm. creates even bigger problem because the understanding of it of these different disorders and all these different things that are maybe here being um, diagnosed or new diagnoses aren't happening there because we haven't even got the initial
1: ones. Mm. And even like um, the point you made about the fact that even if you do get a diagnosis or even if someone does make something a fact, not everyone's going to believe it. Because some yeah. people do have uh, access. Because that happens here in, in the Western world. People still don't believe things that have been... On paper, and said, like, you know, this is happening to this many people. Some people are like, no, that's still just, you know, it's just anxiety, like, there's not yeah. a real thing. Um, so yeah, even trying to get people to believe in something that's actually been proven is difficult.
4: I do think with a lot of people who immigrate, um, to the UK or anywhere else from different, well, I'm gonna just talk, gonna talk about Uganda actually from Uganda still carry some of that culture so Mm -hmm. you may have lived here your whole life but still if you get a diagnosis you might not believe it's witchcraft but you still don't acknowledge it and it's like it's all rooted. Actually do you think like Gen Z's in Uganda would believe in some of these things because I feel like for some reason it goes into millennials but then there's such a culture shift and a change in um, thinking that I don't actually think that they would attribute somebody's um, behavioral habits to witchcraft? Hmm.
1: Maybe not witchcraft I feel like <laughs> that maybe we will stop at millennials but I think things like taboos and superstitions will live on like yeah. they might grow out of the ones that we think are like taboos or things that we're paranoid about or not sure of but there'll be a new form that they'll pass on from from somewhere else i think i think it's just one of those things that will continue in, in different ways as generations move on um anyway that's what i think
4: but that's hard because there aren't any new superstition do you know what i mean it's not going to be like if you get a thousand tiktok followers your, <laughs> never hair, your hair's gonna fall out you like, never know there aren't new ones it
2: might do
3: <laughs> it watch takes, out all it takes is one person coming up with something and yeah. another person believing it and before you know it it's sort of like passed on and generation after generation, everybody's sort of believing that. So I do agree with Miss Nalukenge that there will be something else. that, And there could already be something that we just don't know about. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of disagree because in the world that we're living in today,
2: um, Gen Z, there's so much um, social media out there, even not just in the you know Western countries but in africa all over the world people have access to social media and because of how easily people are connected i don't think it's um i don't think it would be easy to dispute um something like you know mental illness and then believing to witchcraft when there's so much um evidence there's so much um knowledge research articles out there that people uh, you know gen z have access to so because of that i don't It'll be easy
1: for them to just
2: (laughs) go down the witchcraft route. I see what you mean because the whole idea
1: is about what you can't see. Whereas Gen Z's represent they have access to everything literally the most forward thinking technology like everything being in the palm of your hand, exactly. And you haven't access to information. So,
3: but just because you have access to information doesn't mean that you do you're taking it on board or sort of like um, uh, educating yourself. Um, yeah. Some people might choose to just ignore it and choose to believe in what they find sort of simpler to believe in. But yeah, well, remember also there's that
4: they're they're you know absorbing these facts from a very young age. Mm. It's like the stuff you were taught in the same way you don't believe mm-hmm. in witchcraft because you weren't really taught that um, specifically. I mean, maybe you heard it. It's the same way that the first information they will hear are those facts. It'd mm. be very hard for them to switch to the other side. Mm-hmm. That would almost be like an effort.
1: But I also think that something that we can't change in people is belief and faith. Like religion tells us that. Mm. So even if you have all the facts uh, that people say are facts, yeah. if you have your belief, you have your faith in something, and you believe in a taboo or whatever superstition. Everything we're discussing, that's just what you believe, and no matter what. I think a no, prime n- nothing ex- could take you away from that. I think a
3: prime example of what Miss Nalcani just mentioned is, um, for example, Jehovah Witnesses, when um, they don't they don't take blood. Give they don't that? do blood transfusions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know that's the fact that you, when your your iron levels or um, your blood levels are low, you need it for survival. Mm-hmm. But just because you know that doesn't mean that they... It would... doesn't change your belief. Yeah. That's yeah. very true, um... You're right.
1: But I guess, I guess the answer to the Gen Z question is it depends on the person. Mm, I mean, right. Gen Zs will definitely behave differently to us millennials, I think, just by their construction, but again because of faith and belief who knows the one thing i think uh gen Z, whatever gen generation alpha whatever (laughs) future generations that are coming can't avoid our traditions like no matter how far forwards you go you have to look back and that definitely counts for us as a group that certain traditions have been instilled in us so much from a young age that we can't avoid them and i think we'll inadvertently pass them on Mm -hmm. Um, even if we marry into other cultures it will just happen and in the way that we were taught them by our parents a lot of this comes from a place of showing respect so a classic tradition that we've already mentioned is um kneeling down to greet someone yeah Yeah. um and another thing that i automatically do is i can't stand above my parents (laughs) it's almost like you're trying to show that you're a bigger authority than them so I, if my mum's in the room, I'll naturally either sit next to her or kneel down or just make sure we're at the same level so that I'm not mm. trying to like show that I'm bigger or better than her. Um, I actually feel uncomfortable if I see someone doing that to an elder. Me too. Um
4: I actually think that age dynamics play a large part in this because um, even with our parents, very small things, like if you want to bring a cup of tea to your mum or dad or auntie, just an elder really, you'd have to bring that on a tray. It's almost like they're on a different standing, a different level to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of respect signs that you can't step over some an elder's foot if they're sitting down. Mm.
3: Um, yeah, I think the other thing that I remember that I was told not to do is um, when you see two elders sort of having a conversation um, whilst they're standing, you shouldn't just go walk through them. It's sort of like, it, I think it, it looks like you don't care about what conversation they're having that you just, you're just walking through them. So, yeah, I remember that clearly, that I tried to, like, go around them or maybe avoid them.
4: I think... <laughs> I think even in a room, um, if you see, you know, there's an available seat and you know that there's an adult... There's an extra adult coming, you wouldn't take that seat. You would then be, you know, degraded to... Not degraded. Um, you would have to sit on the floor. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
2: And I, you know, back on the tray thing as well, you, it's not even just doing it for your elders or your parents and aunties, uncles, whatever. Also your husbands. So <laughs> I have issues with that. I think there's like <laughs> a massive there's a
4: hierarchy, obviously. And it's like, it's people that are older than you and, you know, older family members, mm. then men, then women, then children.
0: Mm.
4: Yeah. There's a lot it's steep to climb when you're a child. When it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to children, most of them,
3: um, like my childhood I found myself sitting on the floor quite a lot. Um, especially when I was in the room with like um loads of elders and they would they would all sit like on the sofa and all the young children would sit on the floor and there's a you there's a certain way you have to sit to make sure your knees are together and you're not you're not out there opening it out of where everyone, <laughs> <to> <laughs> everyone <to sit>. <laughs> everything.
4: But, but there were loopholes which I absolutely loved. <laughs> The day I learned that you can't greet someone, and by greet I mean um, get down on your knees and say hello and check how the day's been, um, you don't have to greet an elder if they're eating. So I used to <laughs> almost wait to walk into the room until I
1: saw somebody eating and then be like, oh, guys, <laughs> guess I can't say hi, guess I can't say hi. I it's not even that you don't have to, it's disrespectful. Yes.
0: Going back to what Kula said, um, it's, if you think about it, it's something that we do to our like little nieces and nephews. We tell them to sit on the floor, like we grab a mat, like it's Christmas and they they can't sit in the couch, like they need to leave the, the space for us, do you hierarchy. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a hierarchy <laughs> yeah. and they need to go through it, because we went time. through it.
1: We've done our time. Yeah. And those are little things that we just picked up from when we were younger and it's just automatic for me with those forms of respect.
2: Mm. And I've seen, like, our aunties and our parents do some crazy things, yeah. Like, say if um, the other day, uh, not the other day, but I introduced my partner to my family. And there are some, <laughs> some crazy things that my mom just wouldn't do. Like, she wouldn't shake his hand. She wouldn't sit near him or next to him. Um, it, it, it was just bizarre. Like, how could you meet someone
4: and you can't shake their hand? um it's because um i think in ugandan culture the tradition is that mother-in-laws are not allowed to get too close to their son-in-laws i think it's out of a fear of some kind Mm. of crazy affair but Mm. you're not allowed to like sit in the front of a car with them you're not allowed to be alone in a room with them that is a specific one yeah um so (laughs) meeting your parents is very odd yeah they can't hug
2: um so when they're greeting, when they're saying hello for the first time, meeting each other for the first time, they just look each other straight in the eye and nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe mumble <laughs> a few words. Um, which I, I felt is the most strange um, experience I've ever experienced in my entire life. But, but if, you,
1: if you look at it, like, compared to very Western culture, those acts are very intimate, actually. Hugging, mm. I guess, a complete stranger. A lot of people kiss on two cheeks. Mm. Um, so I can see how, I think, in African cultures are a little bit more... don't want to say strict or maybe have a a boundary yeah it's like a boundary and i think that in itself could be a form of respect like yeah we don't know each other yet um but even when they know i say there. (laughs) even
2: when they know each other they still like if if they know each other say you go on to then have a marriage um my husband cannot um sit cannot still sit next to my mom you know, even though we are married, um, they still won't shake hands, they still won't hug, which, like, you know this, this is your son-in-law and you should be embracing them, but instead it's actually, no, we're still going to keep our boundaries, you stay over there and I'm sitting on the other side of the room. Um, I
3: think it goes back to what um, I said in terms of some type of affair happening between the two. Because if that was a daughter-in-law, they would still be able to hug them and sort of like, Sitting next to each other, all those things that you've all mentioned, but a son-in-law—that's different. So they probably are worried that there might be some affection.
0: The mother-in-law um, is more likely to maybe jump the bones of uh, <laughs> <laughs> their son. Please say jump the bones. Again. <laughs> it's, it's strange that they just naturally think that these two people would be attracted to each other. That that would be her type, and they would just naturally, you know, get it on. I just don't understand it. I also guess, or maybe
4: activity. the I, I i guess maybe the idea is just that I guess it's a younger guy, and mm. perhaps you look like your daughter, and <laughs> so you <laughs> are his <laughs> type. It's yeah, cup that's, of tea. that's a good thought. So it could okay. be something to do with that, but it is strange. Why doesn't it work the
1: other way around? I honestly, especially I have no when idea. typically, I mean, I don't want to be sexist at all, but um, typically, I thought it'd be more that they suspect uh, if a woman comes into the family that an older male might approach that situation. Because mm, mm. they're more mature and men in a lot of societies tend to kind of go for what they want. Younger. And most societies are slightly patriarchal. Um so it's funny that it's when a man comes in that the woman would be passing.
3: Miss <laughs> I think that is the same thing that happens on um for the other side. If the daughter is coming in, I don't I think there is that boundary between the father in law and the daughter. I think my example was more towards the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law that they'll be more affectionate towards each other compared to the son-in-law and the mother-in-law, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, though, what I don't get about this affair situation is why is it fine for um, the son-in-law to be cosy with the siblings then? Because why is that not not more of a flight risk? I don't understand. Exactly. I don't think
3: that is. Um, I, I don't think, think that is a risk as well. We but there's have, no
4: rules. We have been told a
3: few times. Oh, <laughs> about <yeah. laughs> about um, being around the son-in-law for a very long period of time. Stealing each other's boyfriends. <laughs> Apparently, we're all <laughs> capable of, of it.
0: Said, word
1: for word. But there's, stealing no, each other's there's man. no
0: actual tradition about that. Like it's not set in stone. It's just something that someone you know can observe and think oh this might be wrong it's
3: probably experience as well like it's happened quite a lot in the past No, in our family yeah it has just saying it's <laughs> <yourself> happened <either. laughs> but um, yeah it's happened quite a lot in the past that they put these sort of rules in place to um, I guess protect the family
1: <laughs> and it goes on until like you're until people are a lot older so um, Dana's example is about her partner meeting the family, but I've seen it even in, like, my father and my grandmother. Yes, my yeah, my mum's side. You know, she's, like, almost 90, and she doesn't share the living room with my dad. He yeah. has to kind of exit, which is bizarre to me, because, I mean, come on, like, really? Is there going to be some action going on? <laughs> I just don't believe it, but it's just, again, it's a tradition, it's instilled, instilled in them, it's, like, respect, they literally navigate around it, and, like I said, in terms of standing over my parents, it must come automatically, even though it sounds so bizarre out loud.
0: Let's talk about this meeting, yeah? Because I'm not saying that all Ugandan moms would act this way, but it's crazy. It's like, the whole family's there. You have aunties, uncles, everyone, everyone <laughs> that she knows is going to be there in that room. And um, the basically, the son-in-law is expected to bring all this stuff, mm. um, Matoke, everything, you name <clears throat> it. It's like, it's like, you're getting married yet you're just meeting um your girlfriend's mom <laughs> but it's like a huge deal and i just don't understand it and if there are other people um from different cultures who have the same sort of thing where it's just a meeting meeting the mom uh please do let us know
1: um,
2: yeah i think i think that whole thing stems from like excitement that you know a daughter is getting married it's very heavy on the daughter's head but um (laughs) um you know your daughter's finally getting married they're bringing this guy so there's a lot of excitement but there's also a lot of work involved which is so unnecessary to me personally um yeah also it doesn't necessarily
1: mean you're getting married it it is just a meeting
2: no but it's the beginning steps like when you bring your boyfriend to meet your Family, you, you know, especially your parents, it's such a big deal, it means you're getting married. Yeah, you know, there's them. no going back after you've done that. <laughs> no, okay, you're do not state. introduce
1: them if you don't see it being yeah, very serious. exactly. Like, very serious. like yeah.
2: otherwise, you're wasting everyone's time. That's how it's looked at. So, once they come in into the family, meet everybody, it's done, it's set in stone. Next thing is having the quondula. Then having the wedding,
3: so yeah. if
4: you're being introduced, you know what's coming you know next. What's up. <laughs> it's also like a rite
3: of passage that you can o- You can then attend events with your boyfriend, and your yeah. mom can be in the same sort of room mm-hmm. as him. Yeah, I remember two heads, two meters apart probably. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a nice. I think it's were, they've thing been it-
0: practicing. Um, covid restrictions and uh, (laughs) separations (laughs) way in advance
2: (laughs) yeah honestly i remember that when i was with my partner i couldn't bring him to any family events even if i wanted to until he met my mother um especially if my mother was going to be there he couldn't attend because he they hadn't been formally introduced um so we had to do this you know, whole shebang. You know, um, bring presents. Like, why? But
4: I think it's like an alternative dowry when I look back on it. Because mm. well, obviously, we don't have that anymore. You can't give somebody like a goat in the UK. <laughs> just, that's <laughs> useless. So if you bring a crate of wine for the cousins, <laughs> yeah, you bring some <laughs> bread, some
2: <laughs> sugar for the mom, and all this presents get shared. Which is kind of I, like, I like. that concept. It's kind of nice. So everyone gets to take something home. But it's just it's such a um,
3: the preparation is... It's a lot. It's a lot.
1: It's it is. And but if you look at it long term, expensive. it filters out all the, like, basic, I want to say, partners. Yeah. Because it just means there's no way you'd be bringing them home if you know mm. it's not serious. They're stingy. You wouldn't go through all of that effort. <laughs> yeah, and exactly, if they're being a bit stingy, <laughs> stingy and, yeah. and, they, and they might say that they're not willing to do it, then it filters out. Yeah, to your riffraff. potential. Yeah, all the river. It's a very your potential husband. It's the
4: very least you could do.
1: and and to
0: go back to in-laws um there's a day in uganda called twin day whereby in-laws can um party together should we say (laughs) um i really i don't understand this concept i don't know if you girls know or understand it i I just don't get it
4: i think it's like a um not get out of jail free card but (laughs) you know what if you feel like you really get along with your in-law that's the day maybe people wanted they wanted the chance. What about us who are not twins? What happens? In you this? don't get You don't have to be twins. I thought it was that. just on twin day. Everyone can hang out with their in-laws. But
0: why twin day? Why is it?
1: But you, I don't I feel understand. like in Ugandan culture, twins are regarded quite highly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. typically they're given their blessing. own. It's such a blessing to the family. They're given their own name. Like, like for me, I can know if someone's a twin based on their surname because they're all given the same tern- surnames. Mm-hmm. Even the mother is called uh, Nalongo because it's like, mother to twins <laughs> and far or father to twins. It's like, it's so highly regarded that maybe that's why if a twin day occurs, it's like something special has to happen. Everyone can mix up. Party! Cause there's twins. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I don't think we've got to, um, explain what a is exactly. It's a bigger version of meet the parents. It's more meet the entire family. And there's a lot that's involved in the ceremony. It's such a big ceremony. Um, it's basically, like a marriage contract at that time without signing the paper (laughs) um but there's a lot that's involved in a quandula there's a lot of acting involved
3: in it it it's it's a massive uh ceremony yeah just to touch upon on the acting basically um there is sort of like a master of ceremony who is um doing this whole role play Pretending they've never met the guy before, and then <laughs> the guy comes in with his family, and then they have to greet each other, and then they um, and at this point they've already had the meet they've, they've already met each other, so they've already they probably met about five times before, but yeah. on I'm this just... one day they pretend they haven't met, and they're all sitting there looking at each other, um, asking, oh, who are you here to see? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> in terms of um, what's it called? Because I'm not actually sure on this with the Kwanjelas. Is it always the um the man's family that come to the yeah, females' yeah. yeah um home? Yeah, <laughs> am I, yeah. Why am I struggling there?
2: <laughs> yeah, the man's family comes to the girl's family's home. Um, and you know they obviously come with more gifts that they didn't bring before. Um, and then you know they're asking or oh, what you know what does she look like and then he has to go around <laughs> looking for her in the crowd um <laughs> it's an entire play it really is it's an entire play yeah. but it's, it's it's such a fun event um some yeah. of the gifts would be like the mother of the bride will be gifted um the traditional dress which is a gomesi and the father of the bride or the bride's brother will be gifted the traditional male wear which is akanzu um so it's, it's it's a good day to get presents yes, it <laughs> it's is. like christmas yeah.
4: <laughs> um so a gomasi is ugandan traditional wear for women and this is a dress that you can kind of wear at big occasions big functions sometimes you can maybe wear it to church as well um the dress is sort of like a sari material and you wrap it around several times it's typically like Floor length, yeah mm-hmm. um and there is a belt that goes like almost like a mid belt um, it's a
3: very big sort of like huge mid belt that's also quite long and it goes also to sort of like
1: floor length and it's mostly silky isn't it like it's a silk material we yeah get yes. like a, a cotton version of this it looks i guess kind of premium in that sense yeah, yeah
4: it's very similar to a sari like that has got detailing so sometimes it might have like gold embroidering in it um Also, the shoulders are like shoulder padded, but then they're also pointed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, yeah, and it goes beyond, in terms of sleeves, it goes beyond your elbows. Um, Yeah, so I would say the gomasi is quite distinctive in comparison to, I think, what people think of when they think of African traditional wear.
0: And um, do you guys remember that time that Anne wore the Gormese to the club? She
4: wore it to Inferno's <laughs> in Clapham for all my South Londoners, you'll know. Um, and she was getting number after number. I've never seen so much attention, honestly. It's quite a modest outfit as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's no curves. Like, you won't see any curves in this. Um, no, but you
2: can see the booty because because of the mid section that's um, tied it, quite... It's yeah, very it tight. The waist. It is tight, but... It's not but flattering, it's not,
0: Yeah. It's, but it's not like, like if you think about the other cultures like Nigerian and Ghanaians, they have these like bodycon fitting, um, mm. well, some people anyways, like fitting material stuff that they wear. Like fish, almost like a fish, uh, fish shape. Tail. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really shows off your curves. But this Gomasi is just, it's not the same. And it this-
2: accentuates your butt. Yeah, it does.
0: So that is actually just because of May layers. In, in I wouldn't say at. so. It doesn't accentuate uh, really my body. All
1: I know is that it's not flattering in the Western sense. Like you wear your mini and crop top on a night out. I was in Clapham Junction, so <laughs> 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 it definitely was not flattering for the environment I was in. But I was I was being flattered by people who were enjoying what it looked like because it was just unfamiliar, unique. They'd had loads of shots. I don't know what it was. I took the numbers and uh, hot and guys the were attention. coming out of the darkness. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, and for those who we touched upon a kanzu for the man. For those who don't know what that looks like, it's similar to Islamic wear. I said similar, um, in terms that it's like this long. I don't want to call it. Rob. A, yeah, I uh, want to say a robe vest. I don't know. You can Google it, and um, they wear like a suit jacket on top, and that's really it. And yeah. it's floor most, length
1: as well. I think typically a lot of the Ugandan cultural wear is trying to be humble, like even though people think like because we typically kind of dance, show off our mm-hmm. bums, um, that maybe clothing wouldn't be so humble, but I think that's continuous in our traditions.
3: Um, underneath the kanzo also you they do wear like sort of like suit um trousers. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. So they're not just walking around with nothing. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> like, no, thanks Papa. for
4: clearing that up. <laughs> uh,
0: just to clear up that these traditional wear is just unique to baganda people which is um our tribe in uganda there's other tribes and they wear different things
2: you know gomez in a council is not enough anymore you gotta show off your wealth i think in these gifts so the Mm -hmm. more extravagant they are the wealthier you are my daughter's going to be happy you're going to be able to provide i think that's the i would like to think that that, that that's the idea behind all this Present giving because when i did my meet the parents um thing and we had to bring all this wine bread butter whatever i just thought why are they shopping in my budget like <laughs> i'm <laughs> shopping for them i actually say that directly <laughs> mom is shopping in my pocket but um yeah again it symbolizes wealth and how you can provide for for their daughter they don't want to be giving away their daughter then they're worried about you know being able to
1: provide that's a good way of doing it because in Western culture, I think even just bringing a bottle of wine mm. could be a Hardy's four pound <laughs> wine.
4: Exactly. They're,
1: everyone's applauding you and being like, "Oh, that's sweet. They bought some wine." But actually, what does it really show? Are you mm. really going to take it? You can minute?
3: afford to go to Tesco. <laughs> yes, no, sure enough. Enough. you want to have a drink during <laughs> this meeting.
1: <laughs> the recurring theme in a lot of these traditions is the gender roles. I know this comes up a lot, and I'm sure it's not surprising in African culture but definitely more about the you know the women submitting in terms of us kneeling in front of our kneeling down to our parents boys don't have to do that and the men taking care of the women you know the examples that we provided about conjurers and them bringing in gifts to show that they can take care of the women these traditions don't typically show off what I would consider us as a group to be successful women can take care of ourselves really Um, I think they're all about kind of fitting those gender roles and in some ways i don't think they've even really adapted to um non-heterosexual relationships because those quandulas aren't made for same-sex traditions Mm. um so i think i think there's a long way to go i don't know if you guys would agree
2: yeah completely agree with everything you've just said miss nalukenga these traditions have been around for a really long time but who knows maybe in the future we'll get some new traditions i don't know. But if we do get some new ones, hopefully they'll be less gendered and more inclusive. (laughs) That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, hope you all had a lovely time listening to this episode. And yeah, see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.